that's what makes me want to be a good steward. And, and if I'm being completely just super transparent, it's because I believe stewardship is about capacity. And so some people want things that they don't have the capacity to actually even carry. Yes. And for me, it's like, all right, Lord, who did you create me to be? I believe you've given me a capacity and that comes with a certain responsibility to continue to grow. Today, we're going to be talking about inspiring God's people to purpose. Welcome to Wealth and Wisdom Together with Wesleya and Willa. This is the podcast that empowers you to unleash your steward identity, transform your money mindset, and engage the habits to manage money confidently, live life purposefully, and build wealth intentionally. So sit back and relax as we dig deeper into wealth and wisdom together. You are uh, listening to the Wisdom and Wealth Together podcast, and we are here with our guest, um, Jermaine James, today, and we are so glad to have you with us. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Really excited to talk to y'all today. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, we believe in the double protection of wealth and wisdom, and we believe that when you use them together you are able to manage your money confidently, live life purposefully, as well as build wealth intentionally. And so this is what we talk about over here on the Wealth and Wisdom Together podcast. And today we're going to be talking about inspiring God's people to purpose. And so let me tell you a little bit about our guest, Jermaine. Um, (laughs) While many people are motivated by awards, accolades, and applause, Jermaine is driven simply by inspiring God's people to find their purpose and pursue it unapologetically. He's a Christian creative podcaster and a serial entrepreneur, and he's affectionately known as Jay Will to many. Now that's how I knew him. Cause the first time I met him, mm-hmm. he was a man of God bringing a word through some lyrics, yeah. <laughs> lyrics and <Yeah>. rhymes. <laughs> but um, yeah. he knows firsthand that by leading others to their purpose, he is fully living out his own. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very passionate about of, about helping individuals morph into the men and women of God they never dreamed they could become. And he's best known for simplifying life's most complex situations and using them to transform the hearts and minds of people nationwide. And he does that so well. If you've ever listened to the Inspiring God's People podcast, the podcast, you will hear him do just that. He is genuine. And he is a sincere, inspirational influencer. And I have been watching him along the way, continuing to watch him walk in purpose. We have been just still connecting because stewardship, purpose, it all goes together. And so we've had the opportunity to speak to his community and share in his community. And I am so glad that we have this opportunity for him to come with us. So when he's not spending time with his lovely wife, Tiffany, you're always going to find Jermaine providing his listeners with tangible steps to find purpose and success, along with inspiring stories from a unique Christian perspective to sharpen them in Bible and business. And again, we're glad that you're here today, and we're Thanks. so excited to start this conversation. Really, I'm really, too. really. Appreciate that. Definitely. It's interesting. Like you said, a lot of people know me from music through the years and kind of growing and evolving 
as a young man, young adult to a man going through all these different phases in life. It's Mm -hmm. been interesting for me to experience that as I like take different directions in life and business and creativity and things. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about all that stuff today. So our first question for you, we want to know, how did these antics as a high school class clown, as you call yourself, yeah. Um, how did th- how did all of that become the catalyst that you needed to succeed as not only a motivational speaker, recording artist, and a writer? And I, say I was like a comedian, class clown, silly. Some for the most part, all good. Some of it is embarrassing. You think about when you was young, some of the crazy stuff you did. But for yeah. me, what it was in school was like when I think about the connection to now. When I was a class clown, I was very bold. I had a boldness with my jokes and my jokes were not about, I wasn't a person that talked about people. I actually used comedy to bring people together. To the point that when I was in high school, let's say I wanted to skip a class, not telling people to skip class. <laughs> I would skip a class in another class and the teacher would let me come in. And like I can remember this one day, there was an English class, Mr. Williams English class. I knocked on the door, I walked in, this was not my class. And he was like, oh, man, here we go. He let me in. Everybody, they stopped teaching. And then I just took over. And we just, it's just kick it, just <laughs> jokes, whatever I want to talk about. Some teachers loved me for that. Some hated me for that. But I had this boldness. But it really was about, like, I enjoyed seeing people laugh because laughter was something for me at a young age that I recognized. You can't fake it. Like, it was always amazing to me that how can I walk in a room and say something and everyone agrees that it's funny because they laugh at the same time. And later in life where that did me was I didn't realize what I was really sharpening was like my communication skills. Mm -hmm. I was sharpening the ability to be able to present in front of a large audience. So Mm -hmm. I have now the ability for the most part to be able to go in front of an audience and be myself because... I don't really see the people, but it's just because at a young age I was doing those things. So as crazy as some of the things I was doing was interrupting class and cracking jokes and giving teachers a hard time. At the same time, unbeknownst to me, like I was actually sharpening some skills that I could use later in life, not being afraid of people and ultimately being able to throw myself out there. So as a comedian, as somebody who wants to be a clown, You have to be willing to try things. And I've been able to do that to say, all right, I'm going to start a podcast. I have no idea if this is going to go well or not. I'm going to start a fashion brand. I'm going to do this and just do it without the fear of worrying about what people think of me. So, yeah, being a class clown actually really did pay off, believe it or not. Well, we bless God that (laughs) that he showed you that you were sharpening your communication skills even though others may thought that you were just being interrupted you were being funny you were bringing them together and you grew out of that so that's truly a blessing but i have another question for you so how do you steward your faith family and finances while pursuing your goals and inspiring others yeah that's a great question for me when you think about that faith, family, finances, obviously all three things are super important. So I think the first part of stewarding those things for me is actually focusing on each of them individually. And you have to like make sure that each of those are good, which let's be real. 
I'm human just like anyone else. At any yeah. given point in life, one of those things could be out of order. And mm. I had a conversation with my wife actually today, believe it or not. I was talking to her today. And I was like, you know what? Something that I never actually feel like I can, you know, master in life is balance. And I say that because when I'm working too hard, I feel like, oh, man, I'm like, but you can't be con- come too consumed with work. It can't be all about work. You got to pay attention to family and other things. And then there are times that I'm like just oh, a couple months and lounging around family, all of that. And I'm thinking like, wait, well, God gave me this thing to do. And I need to do that thing and give it its best. Inspire God's people is real. And so to be honest, the first thing for me in the way that I steward things is I am real about things. I do not try to put myself on a pedestal or make it seem as if I am superhuman. And at all times, I'm going to be getting these things right. So I'm willing to be corrected. Like I'm willing to be wrong. So it's, you know, whether it's conversations with my wife. So let me just say individually with those things, when you talk about stewarding family, it's Mm -hmm. about for me admitting when I'm wrong, realizing that just like when I was a class clown, there were good things that came from it, but I was too silly. You can't go into a business, a corporate meeting acting like that. So I have to know, (laughs) but then it's still valuable to be humorous. So I talked to my wife. I'm willing to be wrong about things. But I'm also willing to grow and to change things. And if I was doing something wrong, I'm actually willing to stop doing it. Hey, I can have a smart mouth sometimes. So I have to be real about that. So that's the first thing is actually focusing on those things, knowing the importance of them. So for me, family is so important. And so it's okay with music. We talked about music so I can give a tangible example. When I decided to slow down doing music, my wife was tired of being booked every day. This was when, like me as a solo artist. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. all right, growing up, we did the music. Like now it, it's you. Like we out here, we booked every week at church. And one day she was just like, I'm actually just tired of it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. cool. I can chill on that. I can find a better way to do that. Mm-hmm. So I think stewarding for me is about prioritizing, willing to be wrong, willing to correct look in the mirror instead of out of the window. That's Mm. kind of something I live by. Like a lot of Mm. times in life, we want to look at other people and point out what they're doing wrong. And we want to correct everyone. We're all comfortable looking out, out the window. You look in the mirror and you're the person that you're examining. It could be uncomfortable. It could be challenging because a lot of us are stuck in our ways. So I look at those things individually that way. That's excellent. Just a a follow up to that, because when you say look in the mirror instead of out the window, It just tells me that you are willing to surrender, recognize when something is out of line and then fix it. Sometimes people don't want to do that. People don't want to surrender. They don't want to recognize that something is not as it should be. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. you're showing humility. You're showing that you're humble. You're showing that you are grateful that I love that. That was an excellent answer. And a lot of that is because I've been wrong before. And so Mm -hmm. I think in life you have humbling experiences and Mm -hmm. a lot of things are a decision. I'm always amazed at people who go through things and the thing doesn't change them. That's just not like me. I am not some person that has never made a mistake or never dropped a ball. But it's for me when I was a kid, as an example, I was always amazed at my siblings, how like we would get for us. We got whoopings. I'm sorry. I know we're in a different we world. We did too. So um, I did, yeah. Like, um, <laughs> you know, we get whooped for something. I was amazed at my brothers that they could keep doing it. 
Yeah. I'm like, wow, like we actually got whooped for that last week <laughs> and you're going to do it again. I was okay. the kind of person like I was guilty last week. I actually did it like I put my hand in the fire, but it hurt and it burned and I'm good on that. And so that's kind of just the way that I try my best to live mm-hmm. is like, yo, I've been wrong. And when you've been wrong before, you realize you can be wrong again. And that does have a way of humbling you in life. But like you said, gratefulness is a huge part of that because I'm actually grateful for the things that God has allowed me to do coming from where I come from and and kind of being able to make something out of life. But it's just something that I always want to keep the Lord first in that. And that's what makes me want to be a good steward. And, And if I'm being completely just super transparent, it's because I believe stewardship is about capacity. And so some people want things that they don't have the capacity to actually even carry. Yes. And for me, it's like, all right, Lord, who did you create me to be? I believe you've given me a capacity and that comes with a certain responsibility to continue to grow and to prove to myself like, yes, I can be who God created me to be. I can carry this or I can do this. Doesn't mean I carry burdens that are not mine to carry. Specifically, mm-hmm. when I say carrying I'm talking about being able to carry the things that God gave you the capacity to carry. Like a Ford F-150 is different than a Toyota Camry. Mm -hmm. And I believe I'm an F-150. And so Mm -hmm. if that's the case, then I have to have towing power. I have to be able to be built a certain way to do certain things in life. And so that's why I'm always willing to to continue to look at myself and try to get better um, because I'm actually, I'm still, I'm still trying to grow like this. I am like, trying to get better and in order to do that you have to see where your blind spots are so i know that you have a mission to create the number one faith and business platform in the world for christian entrepreneurs influencers and business professionals and i say that because i appreciate that you don't despise your humble beginnings so even though you talked about the antics you were able to connect everything that you how you started and all on the path Mm-hmm. And see and build on it for you to continue to go and grow into the vision and the purpose that God has for you. That's the first thing I wanted to say. The second thing I wanted to say is your comment about trying to balance. And I have read and heard others talk about how maybe not so much balancing because balancing notes like this seesawing type of um measure where i got to take my hand off of this in order to do this like i can't i got to take my hand off my marriage in order to hold my career right right, or right. i got to take my hand think about juggling i can't balance i can't hold all the balls i have to oh. throw everything up opposed to harmony i like that so should we strive for harmony opposed to balance because with harmony all the parts are coming and working together you got the sopranos the tenors the altos the baritones the basses they all come together and create this harmony like they all work together and everybody's not doing the same thing on every part but then there's sometimes when you're going to hear all the parts and then there's sometimes when you're only going to hear a few parts and not and and others so i just wanted to know what your thoughts were as you think about, you know, in life, instead of trying to balance all of those things, maybe creating harmony. And I think you've done it because where you're going, you're still creative. You still use your music. You still use original music, even in your in mm-hmm. your podcast. So like you're still doing 
all of those things. And then I totally agree with capacity because that's exactly what the Lord did. He gave one, one talent, one, two talent and one, five talents. He gave us all talents according to our capacity. And And that's where that thinking comes from. So uh, to your point about harmony, no, I think that's that may be a better way to say it. And I agree with your point. I'm just thinking about obviously harmonizing, coming from music background and understanding like that idea of striving for things to work together. I think maybe some of what I'm speaking to is not the external result that everyone sees, but Mm. the internal struggle of being comfortable with wherever that is. And I'm going to be, you know, like I want to be super transparent. Like that's the point of these type of interviews. For me, I'll give you an example. I grew up in a family where there was not a lot of money. Right. And so I come from humble beginnings. But at the same time, there is a saying that you hear. And I don't know if you all are from the kind of community I'm from in regards to like, you know, socially or financially or whatever um, social class status. But like when you come from poverty, you hear a lot of people say like we didn't have money, but we had love. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when I say struggling to balance. God has blessed me to be in different worlds. Like I come from poverty. I've grown through corporate America. I've been in involved in really big multi-million dollar business deals and and things. And so it's like I'm I still obviously have family in the hood and I'm still connected. And so <laughs> when I'm going in and out of these worlds, yeah, what I'm seeing is I'm seeing very powerful things in happening simultaneously in both worlds that completely disagree with each other. So this idea that like we didn't have money, but we had love like, yeah, that's yes. Thank you, Lord. There's like (laughs) this level of humility of like money isn't going to control me or whatever. Right. And then I go in this business world where it's complete savage and everybody's making money and everybody's trying to make more money and it's dog eat dog. But then I ask myself, I'm like those people who say that they have love and they don't have money have tricked themselves into believing that makes them some type of, that there's some level of righteousness in poverty. And it's like, hey, we have love and be, and we're going to stay poor because we're not evil because of the money, right? So when I talk about like that balance in some of those directions, it's like what I'm trying, what I'm attempting to do is take the best from these different worlds. Mm-hmm. And that may be where, where you talk about harmony, And like take the best from those different worlds and have them work together. Um, But I guess it's just interesting for me because I'm constantly in a world where when I'm in the business world, there are not a lot of people like me or from where I'm from. And then when I'm in my community and my family, not a lot of people have made it in the way that I have. I'm not trying to say nobody has made it. They've made it in different industries or areas. They may do music or military. Like my family hasn't traditionally gone corporate. So, you know, when I talk about balance, it's that internal Mm -hmm. struggle. But just to bring it home, when you brought up harmony, what I'm learning this year, and I'm saying I'm continuing to learn, is that when God calls you to something, you have to decide that you are going to accept the fullness of that. And where where I went wrong in the past was trying to get people's stamp of approval to live the life that God called me to live because I care about them 
and I did not want to hurt people or make them feel that I was choosing something over them. So that when I talk about balance, it's those internal struggles that I've had to kind of endure through and that I'm continuing to grow through. Mm-hmm. think I'm doing a lot better, but still in my flesh know that like there are times that I let either side pull me a certain way. I can totally feel that. <laughs> and I and Will and I have both. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Will and I have both been in those situations. Yeah. Um, and in some instances, like you said, still are. And mm-hmm. I do totally get the internal conflict of, of this is where I am versus where I came from versus in the mix of every of everyone else. And. Yeah, you don't. But I think. I think it ties back to purpose because I I think for us, we are in the places where we, where we are um, for specific reasons. And I think some of those reasons is to be an example. And so when yeah. you're looking around within your own, um, I say community or looking around in your own sphere of influence and you're looking for the person that's like, well, who else is on here? Like, well, because you are leading that sphere and um and so yeah they're watching and so yeah. <laughs> you that's might, a good way to put it yeah you don't yeah because you're not gonna you might not find it and then or you'll find somebody who like maybe on one level maybe socially maybe financially economically maybe mentally that's then it spi- but then spiritually yeah you know you find out something and it's like you believe what yeah oh you don't you don't believe who right okay so now i gotta figure out so now let me figure out how to make this relationship work and not Mm -hmm. even figure out but i'll you know all in love i mean i'm not but again there there are different things and we know that again so now i have to lead in a different way because i i didn't think i had to lead in this way in this circumstance but now i do because does that make sense yeah like I, I feel that completely because like you said I, that's exactly what it is for me when I go into different worlds there's different things that resonate with me from either world but the challenge that I typically have is that I'm never actually 100% comfortable in either one so for me it's like I go in this world and I'm like oh yeah I love that y'all about love but it's like Man, y'all, like, I, I love that y'all love God, but like, oh, y'all think God is about like poverty? Like, that's what y'all actually think? Then over here, it might be like, oh, man, I love that y'all are about success and motivation and ambition. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, like, you actually love money. Like, right. yeah, I'm off the train. Oh, and right. you forgot who gave you the mm-hmm. ability to yeah. create mm-hmm. this world? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so, so that's kind of that struggle is like you, yeah. in either world, you never actually feel like you are around a complete like mind no offense or anything to anybody from any of those worlds that i know but it's just it's very hard to find that that wholeness of like okay like yeah and, and we look for that as human beings yeah, you look mm-hmm. for that in life but when you when god has called you to lead anything a lot of times you are not going to find it because you are at the beginning of the line and maybe right. that's what you're doing is pulling other people along um mm-hmm. to create that we've been talking about purpose and walking and fulfilling purpose how do you define it how do you define purpose for yourself yeah for me purpose is really about what has god created you to do so i look at like this i'm a very like visual person 
So I picture like God creating me, like if you picture somebody at the family cookout who making the, the macaroni and cheese, whoever that person, we all got that person <laughs> in the family that make the mac yeah. and cheese. And like when they making that macaroni and cheese, they know everything that they putting into it. They have an expectation for it. Like My they mama. know it's one of the most popular dishes at the cookout. But it's like they know what it's going to look like, all those things. <laughs> and so I envision God creating me in that way. Like when God created me, he had intention. Like there was actually something that he wanted us to become. And so for me, when I think about purpose, it is about, let's say God created me to, you know, reach a certain level and do a certain thing. Then A, my life should be about first finding out what that thing is. That is a process and a journey. And then once I figure out what that is, doing everything, spending my life to become it. Um, so for me, through all of my experiences, and I'm a person that believes you, you know, I have kind of a five step guide to finding your purpose. Um, learn, plan, do, become, be. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, you know, I kind of live of like, first, you have to be willing to go out and learn, educate yourself. Um, a lot of people want to do things without ever having sat down and learn. So like learning is about humility. That's really what these conversations are about. We want to know what have you experienced and learned in life that you can now share. But then for me, it's like, well, first I went out and I learned. I'm a, again from class clown to athletics. I'm always willing to learn. I'm just always seeking like, all right, God, what what is it like? What is this? What part does this play in my life? And then once I learn, then I plan. You know, so if you think about real estate, you learn Oh, this is how you get good credit. Oh, you need this much down. Oh, okay, I get it. All right, now I'm going to plan to do that. And I'm going to sit down and strategize. And then there's the do phase, right? Now you have to do something. Now I have to go out and try to buy a house. Like, hey, I've I've gone to, I've bought and sold my own properties. I've been to the um, the closing table for investment properties and it's failed multiple times. I had a real estate business that was based in another state and I was working with people. We got to closing. It failed, but I did something mm-hmm. because then I also turned around the next year and sold a, a property that I had. So like, all right, do. Then there's like become where you actually, after you learn, you plan and you do some things, you start becoming something different. Yeah. Like, oh man, now that I've been out here, I've been in rooms, I've, I've negotiated multi-million dollar deals. I've been a part of large marketing campaigns that have made their way to TV and different things. It's like, man, after you do some things, then you start becoming. Once you go through the becoming phase, then you can be. And that is when you're actually living in your purpose. So I just view purpose as this process and this journey. And for me, my purpose is to inspire God's people. And I figured that out by learning, planning, doing, and becoming. And so in your encounters, what do you perceive is the biggest hindrance for people in this process of pursuing purpose? Yeah, I think at every, I think at every stage, there's a hindrance. I actually just re- recorded a short clip in the studio before I jumped on this podcast with y'all. What I'm saying in that short 30-second clip is that the hardest place you can be in life is almost there. And that's because you're almost somewhere (laughs) like you've been doing this for so long and you're not where you want to be. 
but you so far away to turn around that you can't yes. go back. That's a tough place to be. Yeah. I think at every phase and everything we do in life. So at the learning and the planning and the doing, there's this excitement when you first start something. So mm-hmm. like people reach out to me every week. People want advice. They ask me questions. Mm-hmm. How do you start this? How do you do this? How are you doing that? And it's always interesting to me. And I'm going to tell you why. Because what people don't know that they're doing that they're doing is they're trying to use what I've learned. They're trying to use me to skip a level. And it's like, (laughs) I can tell you what I did. Mm -hmm. But the difference between me and you when you turn on the camera is that I did it. And so I have something to say about it. And so I think what people are doing is getting they want it to happen very fast. So they get discouraged at every every stage. So I think that almost feeling there's Mm -hmm. an excitement that comes when you first start, like I'm going to start a podcast. I got the logo. So then you start it. (laughs) And when you get in it, it ain't nowhere near as fun as that part. And so you quit it and you start something else because all people, they have they idolize the beginning of something. And then once you get in it and get in a process and it's not fun anymore, you just quit. I think that's what people struggle with. I love that when you said people start, then they get discouraged. As you were speaking and you talked about how you were at these tables and how you were had these various deals and you got to the closings and then didn't necessarily go through. I heard no discouragement. It's like you were going through, you were learning lessons. And the next time you did something different and the next time you did something different. And that is exactly the key. As you were explaining, when somebody calls you, okay, what's the process? How do you do it? No, they're not learning those lessons for themselves. Yes, they will get discouraged because you were strong enough and and had enough understanding of what you wanted to do and knew enough of your purpose to see where discouragement may be there, but you change that and use that discouragement as discovery for you to go forward and do something different and better the next time. I love that. I don't think people really understand when they ask your opinion or for your guidance that, yeah, your way may be great, but is it great for me? And is it coming with the understanding and the the education I should have garnered from it since I didn't go through it. I'm doing your steps one, two, three, four, but I learned something on step two, three, four, and five. But you're not learning anything on any of those steps. You're just repeating steps. It's mechanical. And so, yes, you will get discouraged. I love that. There's no substance in it. There's Mm -hmm. no substance when you don't go through the process yourself. And so to your point, it's like someone can give you the answers to the test like, I remember this class in college, Chinese history. Oh, boy. I cheated my way all the way through this class. OK, <laughs> um, let me tell you something. And so what we don't realize is that when we cheat, try to cheat our way through, we are actually mm-hmm. cheating ourselves. How to skip steps in the process. Learning has a way of finding you. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's like a lottery winner. You go your whole life. You do. You just play the lottery. You want to skip the process of working and learning, mm-hmm. stewardship, mm-hmm. learning about financial literacy. You just want the end result. Well, you get it. Yeah. And on average, within five years, no matter how much money you have, you lose it all because That's you it. never gained any of the substance that was needed to actually steward it. That's right. 
And you're absolutely right. People always want to skip the process, especially in the financial planning uh, Mm -hmm. process. There's so many pieces that that we want to skip. And it's all a part of the learn, plan, do, become, be. Mm -hmm. You can't skip any of that. You can't be without learning. You can't be without doing like you can't. You just can't do it. What advice would you give to Christian entrepreneurs, influencers or business people today? What would be your best advice for them right now? Yeah, you know what? My I think my best advice is first to be doing it for the right reason. Mm. I don't allow people to speed me up. Like everybody wants you to speed into everything and figure it out today. So my my first advice would be like, yo, like really think about those first steps. We talked about earlier stewarding faith, family, finances. So the connection in it to me is this is the importance of finding your purpose. So long story short, my point is that I do think more people need to hear what you just said and the fact of like there is purpose in having a job getting stability this is how you can fund this other thing that you love absolutely that's it let's not immediately uh pay bills or do things like that and i think too many people have gone the fantasy route um versus the purpose route Mm -hmm. and i think purpose can be rooted um you know in very um strategic logical reasonable practical things that doesn't just have to be some fantasy that i'm gonna make it to the nba and then when i don't make it I'm left to pick up the pieces of my life. You know what? And that's that on that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> I know that's right. Oh, so many gems. We are so glad that so you grateful. took time out of your busy mm-hmm. schedule to share with us. And I know that the the Wisdom and Wealth Together listeners are going to be immensely blessed by the nuggets that you shared. We have one last question for you before we wrap up. For sure. Oh, yeah. How, what does wealth and wisdom mean to you? Man, that's so dope. You know, I'll start with the the back end of that wisdom. Um, You know, for me, wisdom truly comes from God. Um, And I, I obviously, you know, you look in the word um, and how God operated and gave wisdom. You know, I really view wisdom as um, guidance from God to navigate life's issues, right? Um, Emotional intelligence, um, keeping the proper mindset when things are good, when things are bad, gratefulness, humility. I believe those are all tied into wisdom. And I think wealth is about freedom. You know, for me, when I think about wealth, I think of the freedom to do the things that God has created me to do. Because if I live a life where I'm dependent upon other people, then I'm going to be at the mercy of what they believe and what they want me to do always. I think that's what people don't realize sometimes when you're talking about wealth, you know, and wisdom and trying to insert that wisdom into the wealth conversation. They don't realize that this is essentially for your own good because the path that you're going down. So I see I just see wealth as that that freedom, freedom to 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 be who God truly called me to be. We agree that wealth is freedom. We agree. Absolutely. 
And when you do put those together and you think about wisdom as the guidance from God, the guidance from God yields the freedom for you to do what he wants you to do, what he has purposed you to do. And then when that happens, like we were saying earlier, you don't have to fake it and act like you have something (laughs) or try to like wear your wealth or whatever. It's Mm -hmm. like, that's why those are not behaviors of people who actually have wealth Mm -hmm. and wisdom, because it's like, they understand that it's deeper than that. You don't like it. it, Sometimes it like hurts my heart. Like social media, I see people like that. I know like, like you, you're trying to create an image of a life that you don't live. And somehow that image has replaced the desire to actually want to live it. But yes, yeah, once you go down that path and, and have that freedom, you don't have to, you don't have anything to fake for. Now you can truly be bold. You could truly be who God called you to be because you're self-sufficient. Walking in that. And that, and that's always uh-huh. our end goal. Our end goal is always for our listeners to experience financial transformation and financial success with fulfillment. Yeah. With fulfillment. That's managing money confidently, living Mm -hmm. life purposefully, and building wealth intentionally. Can I say one more thing? Sure. I one more thing. I love your platform, the content is that this stuff like triggers me so much in the, in the <laughs> best way, like in, in the best way possible. But one of the things that I think people don't realize is the reason I, I want to I try to get, get the fake stuff, the fake images out the way is not to down or, or dog anybody. Mm-hmm. It's because people are so delusional to the reality of steps to success, wealth and financial literacy. So I guess the point I'm making is that I just want to at least leave people with the fact of like, the reason that I promote and preach a process is because as you're in this process, the end is not the first stage that you experience growth and results. Along the way, there are so many rewards. It all builds you spiritually as well, because as as your discipline for discipline and finances build so does your discipline in your flesh jimmy and i love your response to our question what does having wealth and wisdom mean to you because it reminds me of a passage in psalms 119 45 and 46 in the voice translation it says and i will live a life of freedom because i pursue your precepts i will even testify of your decrees before royalty and will not be humiliated. You are living a life of freedom because you seek after God's precepts, his wisdom, and it has made you free to do what he has created you to do, which is to inspire God's people. Thank you so much for your humility and your willingness to inspire all who will listen. We truly appreciate you sharing with us today. Thank you so much for being here. So how can people get in touch with you? How can they reach you? First, thank you. This has been amazing. Thank you. I appreciate everything you all do. Always have. And even I remember when I had an in-person Christian lifestyle brand event, I booked y'all. So we've done a lot of things together until right now. But people (laughs) can follow me. I just tell people at Inspire God's People um, on YouTube, 
Facebook, anywhere, just at Inspire Guys People. Even if you just want to Google Inspire Guys People to find me, it's pretty easy. Same username across all social media platforms. Thank you again. And we say to everybody, bye for now and to continue to live and understand wealth and wisdom together is how we're going forward. We're putting God first as we manage our money confidently, live life purposefully, and build our wealth intentionally. Till next time. Thank y'all. Bye-bye. Hey, family. If you would like to support us, please make sure to hit the subscribe button so you won't miss any future episodes. And if you found this episode valuable, please share it with your friends and family on social media. Don't forget to follow and like us on Instagram and Facebook at Wealth Wisdom Together. Your support means the world to us and helps us to continue to provide great content for you. Thank you for listening and look forward to another great episode next week.